Good morning, friends. Welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church on this second Sunday after Pentecost. My name is Yuyan Kim, one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather in person and online to worship and praise our God together. Friends, each and every time we gather, we know that there are other opportunities and things that you could be doing, but you are here to gather to worship as a family of God. For this, we give thanks. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out to you, one of our pastors, Pastor Nancy Watson, Next weekend at annual conference, she's officially retiring, but she's going to remain with us and continue to serve at our church, focusing on pastoral care. So we're so grateful for that. But we want to celebrate her despite her coming back to us. So next Sunday after 9.45 and 11 a.m. service, we're going to have a celebration for Nancy in Parish Lobby. So if you are able, we invite you to join us after 11 o'clock and 9.45 service at Parish Lobby to celebrate Nancy Watson and her ministry. I'm so grateful and glad to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Taylor. What else is going on today? Hello, it's so good to be in worship with you. As always, we want to bring your attention to the hospitality pads, which are on uh, the aisle side of the pews. Many of you may have already signed in, but even if you have signed in, we still want you to pass it down so that we make, you make sure your neighbors at the other ends have signed in as well. Another thing we want to bring your attention to is in those uh, pads, hopefully there's still some because it is the 11 o'clock service, there is a card that says this card represents my offering to the church. If you are one of those people who gives online or you mail in your offering later in the week, we want you to grab one of these and you will keep this and then during the offering portion of the worship, we encourage you to place that in the plate because we know and believe that your offering is a valid part of this worship and we want you to be a part of that movement in worship as a faith community. As always, we want to encourage you to look at this week in Myers Park. Uh, church is still happening, even in the summer as things slow down. We want you to make sure that you're seeing all the good things that God is doing and that we are doing as a church together and ways that we can continue to support and connect and pray with each other. So let us continue on in worship on this beautiful Sunday.
church, it's so good to praise God together. Let us affirm our faith as we join our voices in the Apostles' Creed, which is found in our bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. it is a privilege uh, to practice our sacred sacrament of holy baptism. Uh, Casey and Will Scott bring their son Miller Anderson today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated in God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. And all of this is God's gift offered to us without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say we do. Do you confess Christ as your savior, put your trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say we do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, profess his faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them, that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. We will. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those in the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. 
the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured into water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless his gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. <laughs> Miller, Anderson, Scott, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, so let your light shine before others that they may come to know God the Father in heaven. Child of God, as you grow in age, may you also grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We rejoice and welcome you to the family of God. It is always such a joy when we get to celebrate baptism, but baptism is a reminder of our brokenness and that we share as a community in all aspects of our life, even the sinful parts. So join me as we pray our prayer of confession together. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is idleness, inspire growth. Where there is distraction, guide us toward you. Where there is bitterness, shower us with grace. May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is Genesis chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse. And by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions which they had gathered, and the persons they had gotten in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to a place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Thence he removed to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the year 2002, there was an Oscar-winning uh, soundtrack. The song was titled Lose Yourself, written by none other than Marshall Matters, also known as Eminem, and this is what he writes. If you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? You only get one shot. I do think, and that was a number one hit, it was everywhere, all over the, the radio when we still used to listen to radio and things like that. Uh, I think we, in our culture as people, we romanticize and obsess over something like this, this kind of catalytic moment where there's a particular decisive decision to be had. And through that moment, perhaps, all things that we've done in the past will be okay, the present will be better, and the future will be brighter. That moment of truth, the moment. At first glance, I think Genesis 12, with the call by God and response by Abram, seemed to be that type of moment. So we focus on Abram today, and we don't really know much about Abram, do we? Uh, with all that's said about Abram throughout our story, uh, we actually don't know a lot about him before the call. He's mentioned briefly, just a few verses before, chapter 11, verse 27. His name is mentioned in context of the family, family lineage. We do know that Abram's a son of Terah, and Terah uh, is a descendant of one of Noah's sons, Shem. But as far as gifts and graces, talents, uh, whatever habits, proclivity of Noah, we don't know. We don't know his pedigree. We don't know if Abram is righteous like Noah. We don't know. Scripture is largely absent before the call. Yet, one could argue that the calling of Abram is one of the most important callings that we find to be true in the biblical narrative. In this story, the calling of Abram as we 
label it. It's very personal to me as a, as a pastor's kid and being a pastor myself. Uh, every time I enter the church, and by the way, you need not be a pastor or religious leader to be called by God. All of you, all of us here, God calls for a particular way, for a specific purpose. Every time I enter the church, every time I enter a, a parishioner's home, every time I go to the hospital, nursing homes, wherever I go, I think of the calling. Every time growing up, and certainly now as an adult and a pastor myself, every time we move from a former church to a new appointment, you better believe we reflected upon the calling, Abram's calling. Uh, in the other times that I've preached about this calling from chapter 12, uh, I uh, spent a lot of time focusing on the timing of the call, right? I won't focus too much upon it, but let's talk about that for just a little bit. The timing of the call. You might have called how old Abram was when he was called by God. How old was he? He was 75. Now, I'm not saying that 75 is old. But 75 ain't young. <laughs> this is a season where you reap the fruits of your previous labor, a lasting season of settling down and enjoying yourself. But instead here, Abram received what seems to be a ridiculous, impossible call to go from your country, your kindred, your father's home to a place that I will show you while he should be settling down, relaxing. He's called to plant new seeds, to forge a new path in places that are foreign to him. So the timing is a thing, worthy to note. And then there's the place, not the place where Abram is going, but the place where Abram's called from, Haran, Haran. Right? This place translates as highway or crossroads. Did you catch that? Crossroads. Abram receives this call from God at the crossroads of his life. And this is a very important crossroad. God meant it when God said, I will make of you a great nation despite the impossibility of this call. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, all three of these major world religions traces its lineage back to this call, back to Abram, Abraham as he will become. So there is the calling from God to Abram in verse 3, and then Abram responds in verse 4, and we're not told of what happens between those two verses. We don't know the stories of Abram's discernment, and I do wonder about that, do you? I wonder what kind of discernment process did Abram partake in? What kind of conversation did he have with himself, with God, with Sarah? With his family and friends, I wonder, was he anxious? Was he worried? Was he scared? Did he wade 
the cost, did he calculate the opportunity cost of such a call at such a time toward a such a place? Obviously, I'm quite certain that uh, what we know to be true in the gospel lesson, specifically Matthew chapter 6, there's no way Abram would have known any of that, but I have to believe that perhaps he knew something of what Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Do not worry. For the pagans run after all these things, and your Father, Heavenly Father, knows that you need them. But first seek ye the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I wonder, perhaps Abram thought of, discerned, prayed something like that prior to his response. I don't know the specifics of God's calling on you. God calls you. God has a calling for you. And the one who calls is the one who equips. And the one who equips is the very one who knows the fullness of the persons that you're made to be far better than you can ever know yourself. And I must say that the quality of... um, quality of Abram's response rises up to the occasion of the enormity of the call. So what do we read in verse 4? It's so simple, so to the point, and Abram doesn't even say anything. The narration, the third-person narration goes, so Abram went. So Abram went. And it is my observation and opinion that such a response by Abram, that simplicity of obedience and trust, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It only occurs when one has lived a particular kind of life for years. When one has lived a particular type of life of obedience and trust and faithfulness over a lifetime. Perhaps, you know, I never thought about this, perhaps Abram needed 75 years of living a particular type of life so that he could say yes, so that he could say yes. My brother, he's eight years younger than me. His name is Paul. And I know you may be thinking, how is he Paul and you, Uyan? It's an alias that kind of stuck. He still goes by Paul. Before he turned 18, he had four major moves, and that's not counting the homes, different homes that he lived in. But he moved when he was two, when he was six, 13, and 16. I specifically remember when he moved when he was six. I would have been 14 at the time. We moved from Texas to Iowa. My father being a pastor, we moved every couple of years. And I remember that first week in Iowa, I peeked into my brother's room, the six-year-old boy, and this story has a particular kind of meaning for me, especially as a father now, because my daughter is six years old. And I remember my brother crying in bed and my mom trying to console him, sitting beside him, and I remember my brother saying, I don't have any friends here. 
I want to go back home. I don't want to be here. And so my brother, my mom, and I, we wept together. <coughs> I shared this story twice before, and now I'm getting, why now? <laughs> and several years later, as a 13-year-old in middle school, he moved again from Iowa to North Carolina. And after his freshman year, as a 16-year-old, right before the beginning of his sophomore year, our family moved again from North Carolina to South Carolina. And in this particular move, my mom told the story that my father, I was already out of the house by then, my father called the family uh, to share the news of the upcoming move. And this time, this time, even before my father finished, my brother Paul, a 16-year-old, said, okay, I'll be ready. Okay, I will be ready. Now, let me tell you, uh, we should not romanticize any of this. We shouldn't romanticize the callings of God upon Abram's life and Abram's response any more or less than the callings of God upon my family and the subsequent eventual response of my brother when he was a 16-year-old, when he went from being a crying 7-year-old to a 16-year-old who said, okay, I'll be ready. Never romanticize that. Because God's call... And our faithful response does not mean that our lives will be easier for it. And if anything else, it will actually make our lives more complicated and difficult. My brother's life is very complicated and difficult, despite all that he has gone through. If you don't believe me, read the Bible. It's going back to that old book. Read the Bible. It's all there, Genesis chapter 12 and 20. Things get so hard for Abraham that he actually lies about his wife, Sarah, being his sister. I can't imagine how hard things must be for a husband to lie about his wife being his sister. Not once, but twice. What's the mark of discipleship? One of the marks of discipleship is that God calls you. God calls you. And oftentimes God will call you toward a place you've never been. And oftentimes, God will call you toward people that you rather avoid. But God calls you. How will you, how will we respond? And what is, what may be the reward of God's calling and our faithful response? I can tell you one thing. The reward is not that our lives will be easier for it, healthier, wealthier, or even happier, as much as I'm a fan of being happy. But there are rewards to God's call and our response. And to tell you the truth, the, the, the older I get, the more that I see and witness, the more that I hear, the more that we pray together and journey onward as a family of God, I got to tell you, the very reward for being called by God and our respective response to God's calling is just that. That is the reward in and of itself that God would know us and to care for us enough to call us and that we as God's people dare to say yes. That's the reward. Shouldn't that be enough? I think that's enough. I think God's calling in our lives and for us to say yes, that's enough. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. O God of all our journeys, you lead us day to day. Sometimes the going is smooth and we follow gladly, but sometimes the going gets tough. We face obstacles and difficult choices we're unsure which way to turn. Forgive us when we hesitate and give us the courage to walk with you knowing your presence is with us. Lord, in your mercy. O God of our past and future, we come before you with grateful hearts trusting that you accompany us through all the times of our lives. You create a future for us, calling each of us to use our individual abilities and opportunities to make a difference in the world. Thank you that we all have a place and purpose in your kingdom. We ask, Lord, that you would guide all those who are graduating from high school and college this year. May they listen for your call. May they find their true path and vocation and purpose in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear us, O God, as we pray for the world in its deep and diverse needs. We pray for all who feel helpless or hopeless in this present time, for those around us facing unemployment and struggling to make ends meet, for those caught up in the pain of misunderstanding or broken relationships, for those working through situations of conflict both at home and at work. We pray for all those working to relieve suffering in these lives, for those working to bring justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy, God of compassion, we pray for all those facing fear or frustration, wrestling with sorrow or discouragement in any area of their lives. We especially are mindful of those living with illness and pain, for those bearing up under chronic conditions or disabilities, for those who know the bereaved grief. We especially today remember the family of Michael Berry in their time of loss and pain. Guide all of those who seek to bring healing, comfort, and care to all who suffer. Lord, in your mercy. O God of healing and hope, inspire and guide our congregation to engage the world each day with faithfulness. Unite us as we travel into the future you are creating for us as followers, disciples of your way. 
the way of Jesus Christ. And now be with us as we pray the words he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as a forgiven and reconciled people, let us, off, let us offer our offerings and our tithes unto God. Ushers, if you will.
God, we offer you these gifts in thanksgiving for the work of Christ in our lives. Bless them and us with the power of the Spirit, enlisting all our gifts for the work of your kingdom. For it is Christ's holy name that we pray. Amen.
God has been calling us for so many years. God has called us, will continue to call Myers Park United Methodist Church, and how shall we respond? Let's say together, yes, yes. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.